Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Today is a very interesting day. It's World Brain Day because this year's focus is on the fastest growing neurological condition in the world. One in 15 people, of all people, will eventually be diagnosed. It has more than 40 possible symptoms. It doesn't discriminate, and there's no cure. The answer is Parkinson's disease. We're going to shine the light on Parkinson's disease, talk about it, and and uh, talk about how um, you can kind of uh, help out as well. She's a member of the PD Avengers, so there's an obvious question to that. Uh, Sonia Mather joins us. Uh, first of all, Sonia, thank you for joining us, and I hope you're staying safe and well uh, during these days of the pandemic. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, uh, like everyone else, we're staying safe. Let's first of all talk about the PD Avengers. It's the obvious yes. question. Share with the class, if you will, what that's all about. Well, the PD Avengers is a group of uh, global advocates that have come together realizing that a group of voices, a, a number of voices uh, speaking the same message will have a greater impact than us working each in our own silos of advocacy um, we believe that, you know, there has to be that ever-present voice demanding change in how people view and treat PD and that um, everyone deserves equitable, a- equitable access to therapies and resources, etc. So we, we think that the global voice of advocacy is what's going to get us to our mission, which is to end Parkinson's disease. So let's uh, talk about uh, your tie and Everybody uh, gets involved in something uh, for a personal reason. Uh, let's talk about your situation. What made you uh, become a member of PD Avengers? Well, I've been at this for quite a long time. I was diagnosed at the age of 28, so that's a little over two decades ago. Um, I'm a physician as well, so my my work was in, in the me- medical sphere, and so Parkinson's then became, once I stopped my clinical practice, Parkinson's education advocacy kind of became my focus. Um, but I noticed that we just, you know, we weren't moving ahead, such as other um, other uh, diseases such as breast cancer and, and HIV have been very successful in terms of their their um, getting you know better treatments and, and and hopefully a cure one day and Parkinson's just wasn't moving ahead as as fast as I think it should have or should be um, so then uh, a, a couple of uh, other people and myself decided that we needed to unite our voices unite our resources and that's where we came up with PD Avengers and that's why I became involved. So let's, uh, as you mentioned, you were diagnosed uh, over 20 years ago uh, and we yeah. talked off the top about uh, 40 possible symptoms. What were some of the, the issues uh, and the symptoms that came up with you that made you think to yourself, you know what, something isn't quite right here? Uh, well, you know, I, like any other good physician, chose to ignore my own symptoms for quite a while. But um, it started off as a tremor in my finger. It was intermittent. Um, but then became more continuous. And it was my husband, who's also a physician, who actually said, you know, you better get that checked out. And that's what sort of led me to my first appointment. But you're right. I mean, as you mentioned, Parkinson's disease is actually a whole body disease. And that's one thing that people are not aware of. They feel it's sort of a motor disease. It's a tremor. It's, you know, difficulty walking, that sort of thing. But it's actually encompassing in the whole body in terms of anything from mood disorders, such as depression and anxiety, to... Um, gastrointestinal problems, such as constipation, pain, falls, dizziness. So there's a whole host of 
symptoms that really affect people's quality of life when they have Parkinson's disease. You mentioned that you are a physician, um, you know, going through this. I mean, everybody goes through life and does their job, and I know as a physician you're very busy. Uh, How has has suffering from Parkinson's uh, perhaps helped you in your uh, daily practice over the last several years? Well, um, when I was in practice, I've sort of devoted myself now to the Parkinson's effort. Um, but when I was in daily practice, it definitely gave you uh, a sense of um, of a greater deal of empathy for the people that came in with their problems. You just, I think we as physicians sometimes focus on treating symptoms as opposed to the patient. And I think it's important for physicians, and, and something that I learned, to recognize that it's really the impact of the symptoms on the patient's quality of life that we need to focus on. So something, for instance, uh, like tremor, if uh, I treat somebody to reduce their tremor but it cause side effects that are worse or I'm not addressing the symptom that's actually making their quality of life worse, then that's not treating the patient in a, in a successful way. So you, um, uh, it's fair to say, a lot more empathetic through the years uh, when you started to b- battle Parkinson's, knowing what you were going through and what some of your patients, uh, whatever they had, what they were going through as far as uh, their emotions? Yeah, definitely, because I think, you know, we sort of, as I said, you know, someone comes in with constipation. You sort of treat the constipation, but maybe don't look at how that is affecting their ability to go out and socialize or how that might be impacting their ability to go to work and, and what that means for the, you know, the, the well-being of their family. So there's so many interconnections. Diseases really don't just um, affect us physically. They affect us emotionally, um, mentally, spiritually, socially. And I think that is sort of a holistic look at a patient. So also joining us to talk about uh, the PD Avengers is another member of the PD Avengers. And joining us on the line is uh, Hugh Johnston. Uh, Good morning, Hugh. Uh, How are you through all these uh, pandemic days? Well, not doing too bad. Uh, uh, Interestingly, Sonia and I had uh, some experience trying to identify if there were any particular risks for Parkinson's patients uh, related to COVID. And uh, we found that basically, for the most part, uh, Parkinson's patients aren't uh, at any additional risk. And so uh, we're all just in the same boat with everybody else, for the most part. And uh, talk about the emotions, though, Hugh, because I know when everybody, when this started, and I've talked to psychologists and medical professionals, and, and I know Sonia can talk about this as well, we went through a gamut of emotions, anger, fear, anxiety. We didn't know what the future would hold, obviously, because of COVID. When you're battling Parkinson's and you've got enough on your mind, I would suggest perhaps this COVID uh, thing uh, maybe made some people's emotional state at times even worse. Interesting. What you described is the emotions that happen to you when you get your Parkinson's diagnosis. And so now with COVID... Without good information, that's exactly what will happen to folks, is unless they have access to good information and clear fact-based information from uh, people who uh, base their thoughts and opinions on what they actually know as as opposed to what they think might happen, um, folks can, can get very anxious. And in particular, because this this condition comes with its own set of neuropsychiatric uh, disorders that come along with it as people age. And then as people get into the later stages and get older due to the comorbid other conditions, 
whether it be mild cognitive impairment or other types of dementias, COVID lockdown is very, very hard on some of these folks. Well, we mentioned yeah. we, we mentioned July 22nd as World Brain Day, and it comes and goes, but the battle against Parkinson's still continues. Um, Hugh, let's talk about your situation. We talked about Sonia. Uh, what about yourself and, and your, um, your association and battle with this disease? Uh, well, what would you like to know? When uh, basically tell us, uh, if you will, your brief history of, of what you be, made you become a member of the PD Avengers. Well, isn't that interesting? So I got my diagnosis about a, about four years ago, and unfortunately, my neurologist retired a week later. Wow! So that was kind of the end of that. And uh, but then I got hooked up with the Toronto Western hospital movement disorder center and a conference they were doing uh on what to do with the whole research system associated with parkinson's disease and at that conference uh two of the founders of pd avengers were there ben stetcher and sonia mature and i met them and through my association with them that i met larry gifford and i've met pretty much all of these folks that are advocates and are pushing hard for uh, for what is needed to be done in order to put an end to uh, this disease one way or another, whether it's a cure or whether it's treatments for patients that give them uh, full access to a full lifespan in in uh, in good in reasonable health our guests uh, are hugh uh, johnson and uh, sonia mature members of the pd avengers uh, hugh uh, you talked about this and sonia can talk about this uh, as well being a, a physician um how close and and i know this is a a real general question but how close are we to as getting a cure for this disease because i know right now that there isn't one I'll let you lead, Sonia, on that okay. one. <laughs> That's a very good question and one that, you know, people ask all the time. Um, I think what we have to first understand is that we don't really know what causes this disease and whether it is even one disease. There's such a range of symptomatology and presentations that patients come to that it really, my, my Parkinson's differs from Hugh's Parkinson's, who's differs from someone that, say, gets it at the age of 75. And we're not really sure why that happens and why it manifests differently in, 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 in individuals. So we think that, first of all, we don't know what causes it. It's hard to cure what you don't, what you don't know. And uh, so that's the first important thing is to figure out what the actual cause of Parkinson's is. Um, also, uh, we need to know how to measure Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's diagnosis right now is a clinical one meaning we just rely on our physicians to observe things and symptoms that the patients relate. But we need to know how to measure it, just like you can go in for a blood pressure check to follow your hypertension or sugar check to follow your diabetes. We need to know how to measure Parkinson's. So all these basics have to be done before we really get close to that cure or better treatments. There, there are some uh, definitely better treatments coming down the road, looking at genetics and targeting certain genes, but we're, we're a little bit away, I would say. Hugh, I'm, I'm wondering uh, on a daily basis what you do uh, with the Parkinson's. Uh, obviously, I'm, I mean, I'm not being flippant here, but obviously getting rest, eating properly, doing all that stuff is obviously very important. But, but how has your lifestyle changed uh, with Parkinson's, or has it? Well, well, this is interesting. I ended up retiring from my, uh, I was a, 
a CFO at a company, and uh, because of the impact of, of the condition on me, uh, it was better for me to back up and take care of my health and take care of my family. Um, and uh, it's your money or your life. Take your pick sometimes. And so if you got enough dough, then you can back away. And I was very fortunate. And so now I spend my time working on these types of things in Parkinson's disease. But one of the things that it, it sounds like motherhood, but it actually, a lot of the things that your grandma told you are actually really good things for Parkinson's disease. Get enough sleep. If you do not sleep well enough, you will not feel good. Your symptoms will be worse. Your medication will not last as long. If you do not exercise, you it, the same things will happen. If you do not do things that help you to maintain your balance and maintain your gait in a way that it uh, that it's effective as opposed to dysfunctional, you'll you'll end up not having as great an experience, and you'll end up you'll end up having a lower quality of life. Um, personal relationships and keeping all those things going and your uh, activity and keeping your mind sharp, those are all very important things. And keeping your stress levels down to where they don't impact your disease because actually stress is one of the drivers of symptoms in this disease. Sonia, so, go ahead, Hugh, sorry. Yeah, and so all of this motherhood stuff, even even when you get older and you start thinking about, you know, maybe my swallowing isn't working as well. Well, you know, just like Grandma said, don't talk while you eat. Don't, you know, uh, take smaller bites. Pay attention. All of those little tiny things you learned as a kid actually work for rehabbing your Parkinson's when you're in your... 60s, 70s, 80s, and whatever it is. Sonia, I'm curious, yeah. as we start to, to wrap up this segment, uh, Hugh talked about exercise, and there are people yeah. that uh, think that, oh, because somebody has Parkinson's, they, they, they can't exercise. There's obviously different degrees of what people can or can't do, but, but kind of right. talk about the correlation between exercise and trying to keep a handle on Parkinson's. Yeah, I mean, I, I think exercise is probably the one thing we know that really helps with this disease. Um, we know that exercise in general is good for your heart and lungs, but in Parkinson's in particular, it's good for increased flexibility, increased um, stability in your gait, so helping with your balance issues. Um, and everyone should, should exercise to some degree. Um, what they should do is also variable. It depends on their interests and their abilities. It depends on other factors they have, arthritis, et cetera. So what I always recommend people is do what you love, but yeah. do it an, uh, under uh, guidance of a, a physio or your physician so they can assess the safety of what you're doing before you start an exercise program. Yeah. One thing that's really, really important about this is that while you're doing one thing, you're actually doing three or four different therapies. If you're doing a, a little bit of a, a run or, or a fast walk, you're actually doing gait training and you're actually doing balance training, and you're actually doing all sorts of things all at the same time, and you get the benefit of all of them together. Mm -hmm. 
interesting, fascinating look at uh, World Brain Day, July 22nd, and then uh, not just to focus on one day, but the other 364 days a year. Members of the PD Avengers, Parkinson's disease, uh, she's a physician, Sonia Matur and Hugh Johnson, both members of the PD Avengers. Can't thank you enough for joining us. We wish you continued good health um, and life uh, as we continue to go down this road, and, and hopefully this pandemic will leave us soon and we can get back to whatever sense of normalcy we have in our lives. Can't thank you enough both. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.